and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we interview fearless females about what makes them tick both in business and in life. I'm your host, Lori Halter, and I can't wait to have you here today's episode. Let's jump right in. Today, I am so excited to introduce Jackie Gadeen on our podcast. She is a Gen X coach for her company, The Resting Mind, a TEDx speaker, and also has her own podcast named Make Your Life Magnificent. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Lori. Well, I am thrilled to have you on, and I want to hear all about The Resting Mind and how that started, but I first have to say, I'm so stoked. You were on the Today Show last week, and I am like dying for you. So how was that experience? What did you talk about with Hoda and Jenny? It was an amazing experience. I think the only bummer was because of COVID, we weren't able to go to the studio, which would have made it even more magical, as you can Uh, imagine. (laughs) It absolutely would have. But it was it was a great opportunity. The, the content was about refreshing your mind for fall. Mm-hmm. And my business partner, Mimi, and I really talked about how you get to decide how you want to start your day and what yes. you should look like. Because I think a lot of times people think that those that are happy have an easy life. And I always say circumstances and situations always happen. And it is really a incumbent upon you to choose how you respond to that to get the outcome that you want. So we talked about that. And then we also talked about what Mimi and I call the 8% rule to success. So, so many of us want to achieve these big goals, but there are some statistics that say 92% of people who set out to achieve a goal don't get there. 92%. Mm, 92%. That's so sad. It's so sad. And I think a lot of times it's because these big lofty goals seem so insurmountable or overwhelming for people. So we do something with our clients, which is we put together something called the 8% rule where we break big goals up into 8% chunks. Mm -hmm. And then each of those chunks, we put them through this framework of, you know, what did you learn when you tried to achieve this? What are the emotions that you're feeling as you're going on this journey? What are the obstacles that came up? What did you learn? And what's the evidence that proves that you can actually keep going? So those are some of the things that we outlined on the show. I love it. And I'm already, I have so many questions running through my head, but I better jump back and first (laughs) share with us the resting mind and um, anything about your podcast. And I actually was led to you because you specialize in Gen X women, which I think is fantastic and is actually a huge core part of the audience for careering. So tell me a bit about the resting mind and how you got interested in creating this, this uh, resource for women. Sure. So my business partner and I, I'll make the story quick, but we had heard about each other for years. A very good friend and colleague of mine would talk about Mimi all the time because she used to work with Mimi and she would talk about me to Mimi all the time, but we had never met for 10 years that we knew of each other. And then after Mimi had left her job and she went back to school for coaching and my girlfriend, Carrie said, you know, Mimi went back to school for coaching. I said, you should put us together. We should just talk and share ideas. And over a cup of coffee, we just hit it off. Her background and specialty is in energy leadership. And mine is in brain science and neuroscience. And we thought, God, if we we married these disciplines and created some frameworks around them, we can move the needle. So really the idea was born out of those two disciplines. And as we were talking, we started 
talking about Generation X women and how we were feeling. Ada Calhoun's article came out in Oprah and we went, oh my God, this is it. It was, it was an epiphany. We had been feeling it, reading about it. But I think, I think the big thing for us is I love that Ada Calhoun was able to shine a light on something that many Gen X women are feeling. And I think that's fine to feel like you're part of this cohort of women. Uh I think, unfortunately, sometimes when you are part of something that you're looking around, you're like, oh, everyone feels this way. It will pass. I'll just wait it out. They don't realize that they can pull themselves out of the other side. And that's really where we come in. Like, you can recognize that you're not alone, but you don't have to stay in this group of women. You can get out of this quicker than just waiting out the the U-curve to come back up, you know, the happiness U-curve. So what I think is so interesting about the book from Ada and the article she put out is that was before COVID. Now suddenly me and my friends are having a ton of discussions about not only are we still taking care of our careers, our families, our marriages, our friendships. Now you also add in, we're our children's teachers, we're the safeguarders of their mental health. You know, there's just so many more roles that have been included in this group. And so if you were to say, especially with Gen X women, what is something that you tend to hear just over and over again from these ladies? So there, I think there's so many points to this. I think the biggest point is that so many women are struggling because they're feeling, even if they're in a great marriage or partnership, they're feeling as though the pressure is all on them. So however they went into the relationship and marriage, the responsibilities that they had before COVID are still their responsibilities, but they've been, you know, to the nth degree. So now are they not only were they responsible for making meals, but they've become this 24 hour diner. Not only were they responsible (laughs) for homework, but now they're also becoming teachers. So that's, I think the biggest thing. And then the expectations that they have that it's all going to be and should be as great as it was before COVID when quite frankly, they probably forgot that it wasn't that great then. Right, right. (laughs) That's all playing a part of it. So really they're putting all of this pressure on themselves to, you know, the Gen X perfect, have it all, do it all, maintain it all mentality has just exploded and made it even harder. Well, I think this is so terrific because it just goes right into my next point. I've been having a ton of discussions with my friends about, you know, I have some friends who are like, do I leave the workforce to handle this with my kids? Do we get a tutor, a day long tutor for the kids and I work harder at work? So I think women are just really struggling right now with this idea of does something need to give? And if so, what? And so I think, you know, what do you think about that? Do you think we need to give something up in order to be successful or are we able to keep it all? And if so, like, how do you make it work? So I think, I think that question and that journey is very personal for people. I don't Mm -hmm. think that it's a blanket. No, you don't have to give anything up because that's everyone's individual journey that they need to decide what's going to work for them and for their own mental health and their well-being and their family's well-being. Yeah. I think the biggest takeaway really is before you make any rash decisions and judgments, really think about how you can take stuff off your plate. What can you eliminate from your daily life? What What is a nice to do, but it's not a have to do? Mm-hmm. You don't have to do laundry every single day. You don't have to cook right. every day. So what are the things that you can alleviate from that pressure mill so that you don't feel like you have to do it all to this perfect mantra? And I think that's a big thing. 
thing. And for some, you might decide that I can't do it all and it's not working for my family. But hopefully you realize that this is just a moment in time and we are more resilient as humans than we give ourselves credit for. So adjust your expectations so that, and you know, say to yourself, I'm not going to do that. And that's okay. I'm just not going to be the PTA mom this year. Right. (laughs) What are the extras that we do? I'm not going to coach the little league, even though I love it. I can't mentally do that. So really thinking about those things and making choices about every single thing that we have to do and then setting boundaries and putting some boundaries and borders around it. I think boundaries are so important. And that's one of the things, if I look at the friends that I've had conversations with around this, we truly are still trying to do all of the things that we did before and add in these new roles. So do you have any thoughts for people? And this is like big for me. I have a really hard, I have a really hard time setting boundaries. So what are kind of some tips and tricks you can give people to help, if not setting boundaries, at least start realizing maybe where boundaries need to be. (laughs) (laughs) So I always say, one of my my things about boundaries is when you say no to something, you're actually saying yes to something else. So if you could reframe your mindset to be about, okay, if I say no to this, what am I saying yes to? Because there's no such thing as balance in life, right? Balance means everything is equal. Right. And I hate that term because I think it's so unrealistic that it puts, again, more pressure. I think it's more about how am I going to make a choice today that will lean more this way? And maybe the next time I make a choice that will lean more towards that way. So really mm-hmm. thinking about everything as a choice and understanding that guilt is a wasted emotion. It doesn't belong in our vocabulary. We have, we've not done anything purposefully to hurt anybody else. So we can yep. say no if it's going to, I could say no about taking on that project at work, if it's going to hurt, if if I can say yes to being home for my daughter's homework, right? Or, you know, or I can say no to being the PTA mom, because instead of that time, I'm going to work more at home, do a little bit more work uh, at night for my work so I can get home earlier during the day, right? It's all about figuring out how you can change the landscape so that it fits better into what you need right now. I think that's so beautifully said because I mean, I remember myself, this is forever. I was telling people I run, I ran my PR firm, was running my PR firm and I was doing all this and I was doing a lot of the, you know, I was a room mom at school and this was a couple of years ago. And I kept telling everyone that I work, that I work part-time and I mom part-time. And finally a friend of mine said, listen, you don't work part-time. You, ha- you own a business that you're running full-time. And she said, so stop telling everybody you work part-time and telling yourself that because that makes you think you're more available than you really are. Like, give yourself credit for the amount of work. And it just really kind of, you know, lit a light bulb, like, oh, my gosh, you're so right. Like, I've been telling myself this story, but it's not correct. Yes, that's exactly right. And I think we do that as women, right? We, he, we, we think that everything that we say and these stories that we create are facts, but when you take them and break them out, you realize the fact is I work hard. Uh, the fact is I'm a good mom. That's the fact. Right. I, I'm a mom and I work. That's the fact. All that other stuff are just these narratives we tell ourselves because they've been the beliefs or the thoughts and the patterns that we've created. Yeah, which is so, I mean, I think if anything, this year has taught us to break out of those thoughts and patterns, right? It's time to really look at things different and become more resilient in every area of our life. 
I think, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, when I look at my, my life and what I do, there are times I just look at this and I go, wow, that's, why was I thinking about it that way? It's right. because I did it all the time. I did it for a living. How do I not see it in myself? But we yes. all are creatures of habits. And sometimes I always say like, if you see things through a camera lens, just put the camera down and you will see things so much differently and just challenge yourself to see things how they really are versus how you, how you think they are. Absolutely. I love that. And I know you personally, I know your husband actually, very funny story. I have worked together with your husband for years in the automotive space with my PR business. And it was just this year I reached out to you. You were kind of on my like dream guest list and then realized that Scott is actually your husband. So like that <laughs> yes. is a really funny connection. So I know you have a family at home. Um, yes. You also have this thriving coaching business and you're a TEDx speaker and you're a podcast host. What are some personal tips and tricks that you use to kind of keep it all together? Lots of, lots of meditating. No, kidding. Although that is true. <laughs> well, I do. Hey, that, yeah, if it works, it works, right? <laughs> it does. But uh, so one of the things I really, so, so to, just to share a little background, I have one daughter, she's 12. Okay. She has very severe ADHD. So schooling to her is a very difficult task to begin with. And I know yes. that. I can't just be like, hey, do your homework or do your schoolwork and be okay with it. I know that if I'm not involved, it won't get done. Or if it's done, it won't get done correctly yeah. or even done. You know, she'll get frustrated with herself and walk away. So I know that I need to carve out time to spend with her as, and I'm, you know, I take the lead on, on schooling with my daughter. So mm -hmm. I've really created a routine that works for us. And I've set boundaries around the needs of my clients. So I work, I get up early in the morning and I work before anyone gets up in the house and then get my daughter ready for school, work all day. And then at 3.30, I stop work again. Uh-huh. And I homework with her. And then anything I have to do at night, I put on, I put off until, you know, 6.30 or 7 when I'll get back on with clients. And so finding a routine that works for you, yeah. that can become a cadence for you is really helpful. I think in this work from home world that most of us are still in, it's very hard to find a routine unless you are consciously creating one. So yes. consciously create a routine will help you actually feel accomplished. And then the other biggest trick that I tell my clients and that I do is do all of your heavy thought work in the earliest part of the day. Yes. I think that's so smart. I it's, mean, I am just toast by the afternoon most days. Most people are because we, we get something called decision fatigue because our prefrontal cortex of our brain, the thinking part that makes us human, really gets taxed by all the heavy thought work. So by the end of the day, we are so much less productive, yeah. but we keep power, quote unquote, powering through as if we are going to make it better at the other side and it's a diminishing return. And that's mm -hmm. when the stress levels go up. That's when our personalities and our moods change. That's when the cortisol runs through our bodies, which is detrimental to our health. Uh -huh. So really try to do the hardest work in the morning and then give yourself the, the least taxing tasks in the afternoon. I love that tip. I think it's fantastic. And you talked earlier about your rule of eights. And I love this idea because I believe in breaking things down into chunks. I mean, if you looked at my 
I, I keep a daily list. And if you looked at my list a year ago, almost exactly to the day, it would be like, Google how to make a podcast. <laughs> and so February was a wellspring of just each day taking one little step forward. Um, so how do you help people take those small steps forward toward bigger goals? So we, we have them write down their huge goal that they want, and then we work with them to break them down into little chunks that are digestible. Mm-hmm. Even something that seems like getting a job where you're like, that's not that big of a chunk, but for some people, that is such a big deal. Just getting their resume done has to be broken down into chunks because right. fascinate, it feels overwhelming, they don't know where to begin, and when overwhelm starts to take over, we shut down and we procrastinate. So one of the tricks is if you want to get something done and you're struggling with it, just put it on your calendar and do it for just 10 minutes, no matter what, and make a promise to yourself. And it's it's amazing how it rewires your brain to go, oh, that wasn't so bad. I can do that for 10 minutes. And you do that every day at the same time every day for 10 minutes. And you actually build towards your goal and it also gets buy in from your subconscious mind that's usually screaming that it just wants to lay on the couch or do right. something you don't want to do, right? Because <laughs> that's what happens, you know, right. our, our pleasure seeking part of our brain. So by doing that and really breaking it down, not only into chunks, but even times like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it allows you to actually say, I could do anything for 10 minutes. I could right. stand up head for 10 minutes if I had to. I may fall over a few times, but I can get back up. So right. it's that kind of thing. And, and so when you do that, you're able to get buy-in from the other parts of your brain to say, this doesn't hurt. This isn't so bad. I can do it. I'm collecting evidence to say, huh, wow, I can achieve that. And the more evidence we collect, the more the dopamine goes off, which wants us to achieve again and again. And it pushes us and builds momentum. Yeah, I totally can see how that would work because what I found even by putting it down into small chunks is you reach your goals faster that way. And the faster you reach the goals and the more goals you reach, it just kind of helps really propel that cycle forward. It, it absolutely does. And it's, it's fun. Like nobody, everybody loves to achieve. It's one of the five basic models to happiness is achievement or accomplishment. So when you achieve or feel accompl- like you've accomplished something, your happiness actually goes up. So even if you're thinking to yourself, writing, you know, you write down, I'm going to write two lines on my resume as your goal. And, you know, someone else could be like, that's not achieving, but you, you've achieved something and that is right. achieving. So anything you can do to fool your brain into recognizing all these small things that you do because you know you know you have that long list Lori how many times do you actually acknowledge when you've crossed something off we don't especially Gen X women we're like oh I'm supposed to do that let me just get to the next thing right progress 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 but if you stop and just think and hold what you've done as the accomplishment for 30 seconds it does something magical it actually creates new neural pathways in your brain so that it's like running water down a mountain where it Mm -hmm. starts to create a groove. It's really similar to that. So the more you can acknowledge what you've done, the more you can kind of get your brain to start looking at the positive things that you've done versus that negativity bias that is human primal nature. I think I could talk to you for like five hours, but (laughs) (laughs) talking, I'm like, there's so many more questions, but I do unfortunately have to wrap it up. So I'm going to finish with just question about, you know, you speak with so many different types of women 
doing so many different things. If you could give one piece of encouragement or advice, like an overall piece to women who are chasing their dreams, what would it be? I think if you're chasing your dreams, the biggest advice I can give you is really spend time to be as specific and succinct about what that dream looks like, and then start visualizing yourself accomplishing it. So how do you feel when you've gotten there? What do you look like? What are you thinking? How are you dressing? Oftentimes people are following things that are almost ideas and not really well thought out. And the more you can be specific about it, the more Mm -hmm. achievable it actually is. I love it. I mean, and, and I think I've seen that in my life. I know you've seen it in yours. You just were on the Today Show, so you're showing all of us how you can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Dream big. <laughs> we need to have you and Mimi back on because there's so many more things we can talk about, especially with the neural pathways and how we kind of visualize success. Like I said, I could talk to you for hours. But unfortunately <laughs> for now, I'm going to need to say uh, goodbye and thank you so much for all of your time today. Well, thank you so much for having having me on. I'm so glad I get to finally meet you after Scott's been talking about you for years <laughs> and that famous dinner when you were all talking about Gen X women and yep. the way we all feel. <laughs> Poor Scott was probably like, where is Jackie when I need her? <laughs> he, he just like, he loves, are you kidding? Him in the middle of all the women, he loves it. It's exactly <laughs> where he likes to be. He's a, he's a, he's a, a, just a connector by nature, so. I love it. Well, we really appreciate you coming on today. And thank you so much for sharing with the listeners all your great tips. Thank you so much, Lori. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for, for listening. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you.